0: Welcome in everybody to the Talking Tide
1: podcast. I am Chase Goodbread of nfl.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined as I am each and every week, twice a week in the fall by Jay Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at bamaonline.com and as well the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports which you can catch at Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa weekday mornings. 11 a.m. to noon Central Time. The Talking Tide podcast, of course, available at podbean.com, our web host. That's where you can always get it first. Our Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. You can always uh, get a quick link to uh, our fresh podcasts through the Twitter feed and as well various apps, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We're all over the place here on Talking Tide, kicking off season four of the podcast. It is game week, Travis, week one. We've got uh, one uh, big game in the books already, Florida-Miami, but we turn to uh, college football in earnest this weekend. The Crimson Tide taking on the Duke Blue Devils in a non-conference game that Probably doesn't have quite as much zing as as most of the ones that Nick Saban sets up for week one, but uh, it's been a zinger of a practice week anyway.
0: Yeah, it's been newsy uh, after what was really a pretty subdued run-up to, to game week. Uh, a lot to talk about here just in the last day or so, so I'm sure we'll get into that. And not the sexiest of opponents in the Duke Blue Devils, but hey, look. You know, we talk about uh, you could be playing USC. Well, USC was five and seven last year. Give due credit. Blue Devils eight and five. So on paper anyway, we might actually have a better matchup between these two teams than if Alabama were taking on the once mighty Trojans.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, You you look at uh, what David Cutcliffe has done with that program. You have to be impressed. It's not uh, the kind of program that's gonna that's gonna go make a run at Clemson, but for what Duke can do in college football uh, at the major college Power Five level, I think Duck, David Cutcliffe has has done an admirable job. And really, uh, looking at his career, and I'm not and Daniel Jones is part of it, but even going back before Daniel Jones. What he's done over there, Travis, is he, he's taken his quarterback expertise and matched it with the right kind of recruits at that position for a consistent passing game, and, and it's, it's proven successful for him.
0: It has, and that's where we're going to get into some of the bigger question marks. So for Duke moving forward, because there is no Daniel Jones at the quarterback position, Quentin Harris taking over. The good news for Duke: this is a guy who certainly has time spent in the program. He's a redshirt senior, uh, so from a standpoint of maturity, um, you know, should be fairly equipped to handle the size of the moment on Saturday afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and, look, a couple of running backs. As much as we typically talk about quarterbacks in association with David Cutcliffe, it's really the running back position where you're going to see Duke uh, try to take uh, good advantage of a couple of guys in Deion Jackson and Britton Brown, and it makes sense, right, because part of the news that we're going to get to here very quickly involves one of Alabama's biggest stars, and certainly when you talk the defensive side of the ball, perhaps its biggest star.
1: Yeah, Dylan Moses with a knee injury out indefinitely, presumably for the season. A big blow to that Alabama defense comes at the position where Alabama was already uh, thinnest on either side of the ball, uh, having already lost Josh McMillan, the other inside linebacker, to a, a big injury earlier in the preseason. This is, you know, it, and it had been said. Uh, it, it had been said even before the injury, Travis, that other than Tua, uh, Dylan Moses probably uh, Alabama's most inexpendable starter. And uh, yeah, sure I enough, he goes down.
0: I don't think there's any doubt about it because now when you look at it without Josh McMillan, without Dylan Moses, you know, Chase, we've covered Alabama football for a long time. We've certainly been there uh, for the extent of Nick Saban's tenure in Tuscaloosa. We've seen true freshmen – Start seasons at inside linebacker in these defenses around here in the Nick Saban era. We hadn't seen two start uh, a season opener, but it sounds like we're going to see that Saturday with Christian Harris and Shane Lee, the two inside linebacker signees for Alabama in the 2019 recruiting cycle. Um, wow, I don't even know where to start. I guess, you know, as much as we'll talk about the physical skill sets of these guys, uh, the, the the biggest issue, right, goes back to the uh, play caller standpoint, making checks, uh, the mental challenges that go into playing that position. And, you know, in Moses, you lose an every down guy. You know, that's the big, big thing in all this. this. This is a every down guy. Um, and under Nick Saban, usually year in and year out, Alabama may have had a question at one of those two spots, Chase, but they typically always had that one guy, right? Um, and then broken in maybe another guy. But that's not going to be the case this time around. Two new guys for Alabama on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Christian Harris, Shane Lee, freshman expected to start. Uh, I believe the twos at practice Wednesday were Jalen Moody and Ali Uh So as green as they could possibly be at that position. And as you, I think, alluded to, you got to expect Duke, and not only Duke, but Alabama's subsequent opponents. Until proven otherwise, they're going to test those guys with late shifts. They're going to test. The, they're going to see what's under the hood with those guys because it, it it may be one of the only and best ways to exploit this Alabama defense is to try to create uh, a mental bust with those two.
0: Yeah, and that's before. Those guys need to communicate things to the rest of the front and the defense. And, you know, perhaps this, the back end will be counted on for more of that. Xavier McKinney, you've got some veterans uh, at that other safety spot, too, in uh, Jared Maiden and Shaheem Carter, potentially. So maybe you cover for some of that part of it, a big part of it, uh, with, with, with more guys on the back end. But, you know, it's hard to link the front to the back without – communication of some form or fashion at the inside linebacker position. There's going to have to be some semblance of it. You're not going to be able to circumvent it altogether, I don't think. Um, so that those are the challenges. And you know, Cutcliffe has is, is been around. Um, he, he isn't just going to look to emphasize uh, the run game against Alabama. That was going to be the case even with Dylan Moses. But now with two new guys – uh, two true freshmen, that's certainly going to be ramped up, and I, I think you hit on it, bust the potential for that in the passing game as much as anything else because Alabama has a lot of expectation uh, from their inside guys when it comes to you know pattern matching with backs and tight ends, and look, Mac Wilson had been around three years last year, and Dylan Moses was going into his second year, and they still had a good amount of bust in 2018, so um, I think in the big picture scheme of everything, Saturday will be good for Shane Lee um, and Christian Harris, uh, but I, I, there may be some painful lessons that are, that are learned on Saturday. And, you know, as far as the schedule goes, um, I think two bye weeks helps this year too instead of one. You have two bye weeks during the 2019 season. You get to end of the September, you kind of regroup, reassess, introspection, recover. Uh, and then move forward into October,
1: Travis. You mentioned Dylan Moses at every down loss, not just a guy, not just a guy who's who's platooner or whatever. And we've seen Nick Saban uh, platoon at an inside linebacker position on occasion. I, I know from from the the stretch that I covered UA, uh, I got to see a, a Nico Johnson CJ Mosley platoon at the will. Uh, for instance, with with Nico Johnson playing early downs and C.J. Mosley getting out there on long long yardage and, and third down. Uh, three weeks from now, uh, when when Alabama's schedule starts getting a little nastier, uh, could you see maybe Nick Saban looking at this pairing of of Harris and Lee and say, Hey, let's inject somebody else to um, to platoon one way or the other with one of them.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you, 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 as much as anything on Saturday, um, more so than assessing their performance and pluses and minuses, and we know that, you know, that's going to happen, is just do they handle the stage uh, from the outset uh, with the sort of composure and poise? that isn't commonplace among true freshmen. You know, if they just handle that part, they don't just melt down and freak out, um, you'll be in a good place. I mean, even in the 2014 season opener against West Virginia, I'm sure you'll recall this, I believe Trey DePriest was suspended for that game against West Virginia. And whereas Trey DePriest wasn't the most physically gifted linebacker Alabama had, he was probably the most trusted in terms of running the show. Uh, and without the priest in there uh, you you may recall Reuben Foster wasn't quite in sync there for a while Um, so I'm more interested just to see how these young guys handle the moment man and then if if they do that okay and they're able to keep their wits about themselves you know pros, cons, all those things that we're going to dissect from their performances, you know that'll be the one thing that I'll go back to and I'm sure the coaching staff will as well but you know, I think Ali Cahoe still has an opportunity. Jalen uh, Jalen Moody has a an opportunity moving forward. Uh, these are just second year guys in their own right. So, yeah, I wouldn't slam the door or close the door on any potential scenario uh, for down the road. But I do think, you know, it was easy to envision looking ahead to 2020 and thinking that Shane Lee and Christian Harris would be the guys in a year's time. It's just that. Uh, The the time's been moved up about a year here. Yeah, Saturday night, we know
1: one thing for sure. The Alabama defensive staff will do whatever they can to keep things as simple as possible for Harris and Lee. And on the other side, that Duke offensive staff is going to try to make things as complicated (laughs) as possible for those two.
0: (laughs) Try to drive them rat trap.
1: So uh it'll it'll be a, an interesting clash of of uh sideline wits there working with those two inside linebackers on each side. So we'll we'll see what happens there. It will be a lot of fun. Suspensions reported this week Travis uh for the Duke game uh for reportedly anyway the first half of the Duke game we've heard the names Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, the top two running backs on the team, starting linebacker Terrell Lewis, starting wide receiver Devontae Smith all Uh, reportedly to sit the first half of the Duke game, although when Nick Saban was asked about it on a a teleconference earlier this week, uh, he he was uh, uh,
0: not willing to acknowledge the accuracy of the reporting, let's say. He did use the term misinformation uh, in connection with the uh, reported situation involving the players you outlined. Didn't deny it, though. Didn't deny that there was a situation of some type um, you know, and I get it, you know, because for a couple of reasons, and, and most, most notably, because when it comes to being able to control the flow of information these days, Chase, what's the one area where coaches can still pretty much do that? Um, would you say it's player discipline? Because I would. I, I'd say that's the one. It really, injuries get out. Stuff like that get out. And there's no way to spin injuries or sort of hide injuries because, you know, those players are absent or they're not participant in practice or games. Right. That that reveals itself. You know, year in and year out, there are situations involving player discipline uh, that I'll readily admit uh, as media fans, whatever, they go unnoticed because, you know, they largely fly under the radar. Um, this particular instance hasn't. Uh, but at this point, given Saban's comments on Wednesday, I guess the best approach will be, we'll see come game time on Saturday. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Nick's doing what a lot of coaches would do in this situation regardless in that it is sort of the last bastion of information. It's the big leaf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. It, it's uh, um, it's gotten under Nick Saban's skin, no doubt about it. And I think the thing to watch for is
0: – Well, the injury stuff has definitely gotten under Nick and Alabama's skin. Yeah. I can tell you that firsthand. And uh, I think that's where some of the pushback comes from, too, is that uh, there, there's maybe some strained relations. And, uh, look, do I think – Rat, May- Rat in the woodpile. Well, Rat
1: <laughs> in the woodpile.
0: Yeah. I'll <laughs> smoke them out. Um, when, when, when it comes down to making calls, like on discipline, whether or not a guy sits, whether or not a guy plays, do I think it's a determining factor that uh, perhaps some media outlets, and one, uh, one or two in particular, have reported things and you're not happy with that and maybe just to stick it to them, you sort of reverse field or you change your approach? Uh, to kind of give those people the middle finger. No, I don't think it's a determining factor, Chase. However, I do think if that is sort of a byproduct of whatever your choice of discipline is for for players, then all the better, right?
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And and the thing to watch for on Saturday is this, if the – If what happens with the starting lineup and who's out for a half and who's not out for a half, if it's even the slightest bit off of what was reported, be it by one player (laughs) or by one half or what have you, uh, we're going to hear about this from Nick one more time on Saturday night. One more time he'll bring that up. We we
0: might get a U people. Yeah. We might get a U people. Yeah.
1: (laughs) it be coming at you.
0: Just just watch yeah. for that. Just watch. It's coming. Look, you know? here's the bottom line. It, 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 there, were tra- there was a transgression. It was extremely minor in nature, okay? And uh, we'll see how it goes on Saturday. That's the best approach to take it at this point. You know, a lot of smoke and everything else going on here as we get into game week. But, uh, you know, we'll see how Alabama deals with it on Saturday. And, look, if – If Robinson and Harris are out for the first half, that's where things get very interesting on offense, Chase, because Jerome Ford's been dealing with an ankle injury. Uh, We know Trey Sanders is out. Uh, Keelan Robinson, uh, not the prototype back in terms of size and stature, but you heard Nick Saban in his Wednesday evening press conference have some really good things to say about Keelan Robinson in terms of a dynamic he brings to that position that they might not have otherwise. So, oh, you know, that 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 will be interesting even with Harris and and Robinson because you still got to have a third guy.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh looking awful thin for sure in that first half uh for Alabama at the running back position presuming um, presuming these, these suspensions are uh, are what they are. The Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn rolls on. We're going to take a quick time out here to thank a couple of sponsors, starting with North River Dental Associates, our charter sponsor, former Alabama football player Dr. Jack Smalley, and his professional staff can do every kind of dental work there is out there, whether it's porcelain, veneers, Cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, pediatric dentistry, you name it. Teeth whitening services, they do it all over at North River Dental Associates. Conveniently located, 1100 Fairfax Park over in Northport. Uh, Appointments, northriverdentist.com, or you can call 752-3506, and they will get you in and out of there in under an hour typically on routine cleanings. And that includes your weight. Uh, which as always seems to be no more than a few minutes uh, over at uh, North River and Dr. Jack. Also want to thank a new sponsor to the Talking Tide podcast, and that would be Session Cocktails and Spirits. It's Tuscaloosa's newest cocktail bar, a smoke-free environment featuring pre-prohibition and modern classic cocktails made by a team of the most talented bartenders anywhere in Tuscaloosa. It's going to be a smoke-free bar once again, although it will have a smoking area outdoors. Indoors will be smoke-free so everybody can enjoy it. Stiff drinks and a classy atmosphere opening soon at 2221 University Boulevard in downtown Tuscaloosa.
0: And after spending an evening there at Sessions, wake up that next morning and head downtown to Brick and Spoon right there in Timerson Square. Uh, Timmerson Plaza, excuse me, right there in downtown Tuscaloosa, a lot of great options for you. Breakfast, which as we told you before, Brick and Spoon ranked as a top 10 breakfast in the United States by travel and leisure. Great brunch options, salads, kids options as well. You've got lunch, burgers, sandwiches. Uh, those outstanding Bloody Marys. A build your own option there where you can basically create a meal in and of itself uh, with those outstanding Bloody Marys. Mimosas uh, that are to die for as well. From a breakfast standpoint, um, I love that ham and three cheese omelet. You're talking about ham, Monterey Jacks, smoked Gouda, and cheddar jack cheese. Can't go wrong with a good three cheese and ham omelet. They've got them for you. Right there at Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. Hey, also want to tell you about our good friends right there in downtown at Heat Pizza Bar. Downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Frank, Will, the crew down there, outstanding pizzas. You know that. Nightly specials, my personal favorite. The Thai chicken pizza on Tuesdays, sorry, 6 o'clock on Tuesdays. You're going to get that Thai chicken pizza for just 7 Bucks. Can't beat that. Full bar, great salads as well. They're going to take great care of you down there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza.
1: Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google
0: Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn rolling on with
1: a few more minutes here. Travis Ryer and Chase Goodbread with you twice a week going forward throughout the football season. As always here on Talking Tide, we'll be coming back at you on uh, Sunday evening, recapping that Alabama Duke game for uh, the Sunday Nighter, as we like to call it. Uh, always a good time uh, on Sunday nights, recapping things now twice a week here on Talking Tide. Travis, depth chart Monday. Uh, he, it seems like. Uh, he, Uh, you would think depth chart Monday would be the news of the week now it's at the bottom of the it's not even above the fold uh in terms of the week news but any surprises to you or anything that kind of raised your eyebrow when Nick Saban uh released a a depth chart as he does uh, Monday of each week one uh season
0: I don't know if there were any real stunners given the the way that we track these things uh on a day-to-day basis through the preseason chase but you know, certainly a heavy presence of young players, of newcomers. I counted 15 true freshmen in all uh, on that two-slash-three-deep, I guess you could say, in some instances. And you're talking about guys, and this is before Dylan Moses, of course, here in the last day or so. You're talking about guys that, in starting roles, uh, whether it's left guard with Evan Neal, uh, whether it's DJ Dale on the nose. Think about this scenario. I, I know when 10 years ago, we never probably could have imagined this, Chase. Alabama is on track Saturday afternoon to start a true freshman at nose tackle and two true freshmen at inside linebacker. Right there in the middle of the defense, we're talking about three true freshman starters. Uh, I, I don't think either of us could have imagined that seven, eight, ten years ago, but that's the way it's shaping up uh, for the season opener. So heavy, heavy influence of, of young players, and perhaps none more important than Will Riker. Uh, taking over as the the starting place kicker there with Joseph Bull now in the number two role. And who knows, maybe Reichert, as we've talked about before, maybe he is right there on the cusp of becoming Alabama's do-everything guy uh, as far as punting goes, in addition to the place kicking as well. So youth being served, I would say. 27 guys that Alabama signed or brought in as a part of its latest recruiting hall and 15 of those, more than half of those, showing up on that initial depth chart.
1: Yeah, the one thing on the depth chart release on Monday that, that I won't call it a surprise, but it, but it did catch my eye, certainly, that I wanted to ask you about. I wasn't quite sure what was going to pop up at defensive end uh, because, as we know, LeBron Ray missed a, a big chunk of the preseason, uh, and I'd heard good things about Justin Aboiby. Uh, the young uh-huh. defensive end. And so I, I wasn't sure if, if Ray was going to swim to the top by the time that depth chart came out, but he comes in with the ones, certainly a good sign for him and his career for a guy who, for whatever reason, uh, to this point, he's had some injuries before and whatnot, but I, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen there.
0: Yeah, well, a boy B, uh suffered a bit of a foot injury late last week, and, and I'm not sure that would have changed anything but it is something to keep an eye on from a depth standpoint because I'm with you. Justin Aboigby had positioned himself while Ray was trying to get back up to speed early in fall camp as an option with Raquan Davis and DJ Dale in that starting trio. So that tells you right there that a at a minimum was being counted on to be a legitimate rotational option. And you know, I think a question mark for this defense and obviously inside linebackers where we're going to be fixated, uh, on Saturday, but just as much for me in passing situations, uh, inside pass rush, interior pass rush chase, uh, in third and long, when, you know, Raquan Davis will be inside, but can Brian Ray provide some pressure from inside? I think a boyby B is going to be one of those guys, perhaps, maybe not this week, but in time, um, you know, they've always had multiple guys that can get after the quarterback from the interior, and I think that's sort of one of those unanswered questions that we're going to have going into Saturday.
1: Lots of explosiveness, it looks like, at the return positions. The names prominent with punt and kickoff return on the depth chart, uh, Rugs, Waddle, Digs. Uh, those you're talking about three guys and, 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 and Diggs, Diggs has shown uh, a lot I think in the return game in his career at Alabama mostly in flashes you know so it's not like he, you know he hadn't been out there enough to, to do it consistently but he's flashed uh, and we know the other two are extremely explosive as well.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it and that's the the beauty of uh, all the skill talent that they've accumulated elite skill talent. That uh, Alabama's accumulated over the last few years, so uh, the potential's there for not only explosive plays on offense, but uh, in the return game as well. So uh, the question becomes, who's going to be dumb enough to punt Jalen Waddle the football? I, I don't know if there's going to be many takers when it comes to that
1: quick shameless plug time right here real quick Travis uh, Henry Ruggs feature I put together for NFL.com came out earlier this week check it out if you get a chance uh, it's NFL.com great stuff
0: <laughs> it's outstanding You abs- yeah, I mean if you haven't checked that out yet it, 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 stop what you're doing and go Yeah, hit, click it click it right now
1: NFL.com slash Henry Ruggs is uh, the URL for that one Had uh, uh, went down to Montgomery actually like Three times to put that thing together this past summer, and and uh, Henry Ruggs is the first subject for the back to campus series that I work on um, with NFL.com. Not sure who the second one out is going to be, but uh, the Henry Ruggs story yeah. uh, kind of comes out of the gate for you, Travis. Before we get out of here, uh, predictions. Uh, I, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna step out of the gate first. I'm gonna give you 38, 13. Alabama. Mm -hmm. Who who do you like?
0: Yeah, I like Alabama. I think Alabama runs Duke off the three-point line enough um, to make the offensive – oh, we're talking football here. Um, No, I like Alabama in all seriousness. I I think – here's the thing. If you're Duke-Clemson, 2018 is the model for you, and I'm not talking about so much the national championship game in Santa Clara. You know, Duke kept it respectable with Clemson last season for a half. It was a 14-6 to game in Death Valley, and Duke was able to do that by possessing the football, and I think that's certainly going to be the hope and the intended goal of David Cutcliffe and that offense on Saturday. I just think Alabama in time is able to you know, hit some big plays offensively, even with some of this uncertainty about who plays, when they play, how much they'll play. Uh, the constants are still there when you talk about Tua tonga And I think the offensive line for Alabama may be a bit more the buzz after this game than it is going in. So I like Alabama 45-13. to 13. Won't be surprised, though, if it's, it's kind of a grind there for a half because I think David Cutcliffe, the coaching staff there at Duke, will, will try to keep it in that type of game. You know, again – Duke in that game against Clemson last season possessed the football for 19 of the 30 minutes in the first half and was able to keep it you know, somewhat under wraps. But uh, ultimately, yeah, Alabama just too many players.
1: Saturday game one, Alabama-Duke. We will be back once again on Sunday night to recap the Alabama-Duke game here on the Talking Tide podcast. That's going to wrap this one up for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll catch you for the Sunday Nighter uh, a little bit later. See ya.